to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. And I'm Zar. Today on the podcast, we are talking about only the extreme of the extremist hype from the Nintendo Direct with a little bit of extra conversation about the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. Then we've got a little bit of conversation coming our way regarding Hogwarts Legacy because we finally got to play it a little bit. And last but not least, we have another tournament in the works, and we are going to tell you all about it and why you should be extremely excited for some Mario Kart. Yeah, we're very excited about it, too. But before we get to all of that excitement, what games are you playing right now? I mean... Do you even have to fucking ask? I'm, pl- I'm playing <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, that was that was a dumb question. We are both playing Hogwarts Legacy. It's got me so exhausted. Yeah. It, uh, I'm so tired today. Just all my time going to Hogwarts Legacy. Every, every minute of free time going to that game. I'll say this to anybody that was really hoping that the game was going to suck... Uh, it, it don't. It do not. It, it don't. It's very good. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. It is. It is so fun. And we'll get into a more in depth review of that game in the future. Um, but let's just talk about it a little bit right here at the beginning of this episode. So, how much? How much game time have you had about? It? I'm at about ten hours. Um, and it's it's funny because you said, oh, where is that story-wise is what you were asking. And literally, I've been trying so hard to just do all the side missions but explore. I don't even remember what the fuck is happening in the main story. Oh, yeah. You do so much in this game that you right. honestly forget what you're actually supposed to do. Like, the second I got my broom, I'm just like, fuck everything else. Oh, yeah. Fuck you guys. I'm going anywhere. Yeah. Like... Hey, we need to. Co- it reminds me a lot of like how Zelda really needed you in Breath of the Wild, but you were too busy just fucking around. <laughs> you know, you were too busy rolling stones down hills. Hey, they're looking for all the Koroks. And Zelda's like, "Hey, man, can you like help me? I've been trapped for a hundred years." <laughs> Speaking of which, like this game almost seems to to parallel a lot of aspects of Breath of the Wild. I don't know if you've noticed that, but. And, um, like, the open-world aspects? And well, the... have you gotten to the Merlin Trials? Yes. Okay, well, those are like Korok Seeds. Those puzzles are nearly identical to the Korok Seeds, and I'm like, are we going to find Merlin's poop at the end of this quest? I, I don't know if it's totally comparable. Be- well, you got the you got the roll this ball down into this cup. You got me there. That's pretty... And you <laughs> shoot got... Shoot the thing. You shoot the thing, um... Light these torches before they go out. Use Accio to bring this object over here. Yeah, move move a crate on top of a, a switch. All right, fine. It's basically the yeah. shrines. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It, well, yeah, it's the Korok seeds, and I mean, there's a lot of those tedious side quests, I guess, to this game. But overall, like, it's a really good experience, and I mean, I am surprised with how much I love wand combat. Like, I don't know about you, but have you just not had the most fun slinging your wand around? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I Here's my here's my problem. You can learn about 30 spells, give or take, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. I find that changing your spell slot is very unintuitive. Yes. That's the part that gets to... Like, the actual process of casting spells and slinging your wand, fucking amazing. Very fun. Oh, yeah. Getting the spells in the spell slots that you want, like especially in the heat of the moment, I fucking hate that. I don't feel like they did a good job of that. It does seem a little bit more geared towards PC players in that aspect, which is funny because PC is having the most game-breaking problems right, right now. That's true. But, I mean, and, and like, I don't know if you've gotten to the talents yet, but you can unlock more spell slots, so you just have to, like, cycle between sets of four. Right, and I have gotten that, but even then, it's like, 
the way I, the way I've had to do it is I've got a utility spell slot for all the utility spells, right? Yeah. Like Lumos or Reparo. And then I've got like one slot for kind of like the somewhat useful and combat spells, but not damage like Levioso and Accio. And then one slot that's just Incendio, you know, um, all the good stuff. Just there. all Spelly the Spelly Armis. Yeah, the stuff that's going to do hurt. Yeah, do all the hurt. Do all the hurt. Yeah. And I mean, even that is still a little clunky, I feel. Mm-hmm. I honestly haven't bought into any of those extra spell slots. I. I've annoyingly trudged through this game with the one set of four that I have. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I said, it's more the heat of the moment. Like, like when you get into battle, because Accio is just perfect for, like, pairing with anything that do the hurt. Yeah. It- right? Like, Accio, Incendio, fucking amazing combo. The problem is you get so excited that you forget, you know, it's just like, okay, you got to hold down R2 and then you got to go over to the D-pad. And then with the D-pad, you can select which, uh, you know, spell slots you want. But you have to make sure you remember which spell slots are, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, and then they they throw in, oh, you want to use some combat potions and combat plants? Then, well, you got a whole nother uh, select wheel for that. So there just seems to be too much going on at one time. The question is, how would you make it better? And... Let me tell you, uh, nobody's talked about this game in a long time. Final Fantasy VII Remake, right? They did an amazing job because, like, Cloud's got a lot of abilities. And in the heat of battle, you want to be able to access those abilities on the fly and quickly. What they did is you have a button that you can press and it slows down time momentarily. So you're still, like, kind of in the middle of battle and you're still in the heat of it. But it gives you a moment to actually think of what you want to do next. Yeah. And that brief moment still, it makes it feel like you've got access to everything Cloud needs without, like, breaking you out of the immersion for a moment. Which Hogwarts does not subscribe to that no. ideal. No. It, this is, it is very immersive breaking. Um, I suppose one of my complaints, and I don't have many complaints about this game, but it's it's the loot system. Okay. Um, I think they overdid how they wanted to like randomize and give good loot over the quality of the loot you know like sure. i i was hoping for some legendary weapons maybe like a legendary hat or something but everything's been kind of broken down to clothing appearances yeah. and like that is what is legendary and what would be known throughout the series allegedly but the other issue that I keep running into with how randomized the loot is and how just it doesn't matter, I'll go through treasure caves or like dungeons and I'll get to the very end and find this giant ass like silver treasure chest. Right. And inside are green gloves. And that's it. Yeah. I, I wish the looting would be a little more fruitful. And the other thing is, okay, so take a loot system like Borderlands. Now, if you're at level 10 and you find that legendary weapon, right, that legendary weapon is still going to be better than most, like, common weapons up until, like, level 15 or 16, right? Yeah. Like, a level 10 legendary weapon is going to be better than a level, like, 15 or 16 common weapon, as it should be. I have found several legendary, like, items in Hogwarts Legacy, the second you go from, like, level 7 to level 8, the common item is better than the legendary yeah. weapon. Yeah, Have you green, noticed that? Yeah, your green item is going to be, like, so much better. Yeah, and I'm just like, well, then, wh- who cares about legendary weapons? What's the point of the color Anymore. system? Why not right. just give me stats? Exactly. It, like, it doesn't matter how rare this is, because, like, there's multiple rarities for each piece of clothing. Like, I think I picked up a... Periwinkle petticoat or something in green, blue, purple, and orange. And when it comes to the looting system, I mean, really, if you open up a chest, it's either going to be an article of clothing or money. Yeah. That's and really it. it. And if it's money, it's going to be the most minuscule amount of money you've ever seen. You've gotten four doubloons. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> I that- found... 10 just in that bag next to the cat. 25 schmeckles. <laughs> But, I mean, the, the, the thing is, like, at this point, we're nitpicking. And I feel like nitpicking is, like, a compliment on the game because it's, like... I was just thinking that, too. Like, we for everything we nitpick and everything we kind of try to tear apart, that means this is a good game. Because there are no big complaints just, like, blaring in your face. 
Not to mention, like, because of the success of Hogwarts Legacy, let's be honest, there's going to be another game out eventually. This is going to be an opportunity for them to fix all of these issues and make an even better fucking game. I'll tell you what, though. This game gets bonus points for me just for being able to pet cats. Yeah? I love the cat feature. I uh, Yeah, that's a... That's a damn good feature. Just there's oh, fucking cats everywhere. Oh yeah, no matter I'm everywhere. Where, you could be like roaming around in the wilderness doing fuck all, and all of a sudden, like three cats will walk up to you. Yeah, and uh, the I think a lot of what people have to say about what could a potential sequel look like, because uh, the reason people are so excited about this game was to explore Hogsmeade, to explore Hogwarts, to the Lost Forest, everything. Right, just get the experience in. Um, Spoiler alert, we have this entire lore for the American Ilvermorny house, and we haven't done shit with it. That, so for, Hog- really cool for Hogwarts Legacy 2, yeah, make it the American version. Bring us to the American house. Like, the same game with, of course, like, a different antagonist and, like, different people, different missions. But that would be, like, the first exposure that Harry Potter fans get to the Ilvermorny house. We don't even know what it looks like. Right? We don't know any of the professors there. That would be the opportunity to introduce Ilvermorny in a really meaningful way. And and I, I think that's perfect because what this game has done so well is separate itself from Harry Potter. Right. And like uh, magical beasts and where to find them. This is its own entity. Totally. Like there are hat tips to what will happen. But like... This takes place in the late 1800s. Hogwarts takes place in the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. Well before Voldemort and anyone else was even considered. Right. And I I love that. It, it just instills hope for me that they have a lot of different branching stories. You know, like the extended universe of Star Wars. The extended universe of Halo. It's all magical. Sure. And I, I, I have hope for it. So, what has surprised you about the game so far? What have you learned about Harry Potter, or what surprised you? You know what surprised me? Hogsmeade is, like, eight feet away from Hogwarts. Yeah, it is not near the trek that they they made it out to be. Harry Potter made it seem like... Do you remember, like, he couldn't go to Hogsmeade in that... I don't remember which movie or why he couldn't go... Okay, it was Chamber of Secrets... He couldn't go to Hogsmeade because someone was trying to kill him. Someone's always trying to fucking kill him. Yeah. that's uh, He's Harry Potter. That was, That's the summation of his entire stay and during the school. And they're all like, oh, we got to sneak Harry there. It's like, my brother in Christ, it is 10 feet away from the school. Yeah. It's right there. There is one landmark in between, and it takes five minutes to get there. God damn. Like, <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. I thought this. Was a, I thought it was a trek. Yeah. It was a trek. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I love everything about this game. The Forbidden Forest is cool. The exploration, yep. this is an open world game. I was yes. really surprised with how true to an open world game this was because once you are released into the world, you can go anywhere you want to go. You really can, and I was testing that out because I didn't believe that it was going to be like that. And then but a super early game, I'm getting my ass kicked. Just going up against shit I shouldn't be going up against yet. And I'm like, yeah, that's open world. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's how it go. That's how it go. And, oh, I am so excited to play more. What house are you? Gryffindor. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. I'm I, Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, for my first playthrough, I just went with my house. Um, So, Christine, what's really great about this game is, like, you actually can have multiple saves, multiple houses, right? So I gave it to Christine. I brought my PlayStation 5 over to her apartment. And I'm just keeping it there, because at this point, I'm there more than I'm at my own house, so I might as well just play Hogwarts Legacy there. And she actually likes watching it. I gave her her own uh, profile, told her, get going, get started. We spent two hours just designing her fucking character. Yeah, I know how that goes. Jesus Christ. And first of all, I have to give it to him. The The character customization in Hogwarts Legacy is fucking phenomenal. It is. It's very good. It's it's pretty in it's in depth as it needs to be. Yeah, like not overly so. I think so too. Not to the point where you can make so, like someone too goofy. Yeah, but I saw a TikToker right, and obviously Hogwarts Legacy is still very controversial. I saw this TikToker who happened to be black, and he was like, "Look, say what you will about this fucking game." And then showed, like, his avatar, and it was, like, it looked exactly like him. Like, yeah. like a black face, like, 
dark eyes with he had cornrows for his hair but he's like how many games let you do this how many games let you as a black man like actually make someone that looks like you uh, usually the most un-PC games <laughs> like well, like it, it's it's pretty stereotypical in the games that you can make certain characters look certain I, ways okay I present you with this counterpoint Pokemon don't you find it a little insulting in Pokemon where you get to customize a character, but there's four skin tones from pale as a fucking ghost to maybe Hispanic, but there's no true like representation for like if you're black or you know somewhere no, from South America. It's all generic chibi, is Ex- what it is. Exactly. So like, I know what people are saying about this game, but you can't ignore that the ability for you to really customize your character like that. Is damn good. Oh, well, I mean, there are so many praises that we can give to this game, especially in that avenue. Like, just the notion that from the get-go, everyone calls you they, them. I think that's more so they can be like, you know, because your character can be a boy or girl. Well, I mean, every, every, the dialogue is so in-depth. I don't know if you've noticed it, but they would have, they would have had no problem like, re-recording for this witch, this wizard, you know? Okay, that's a fair point. But, uh, no, they just give it the, you know, generic treatment. It is they, them. And there are so many other instances that we won't get into here that just support how much this came into society. Like, this is normal society. Yeah, it it really is. It, It... it did everything well. Like, it did not step on any toes, I felt. Hogwarts Legacy supports the idea to me that what's going to unite humanity is another common threat. for, Like, for us, just normal people, we have all of these issues in everyday fucking life because we're stupid fucking muggles, right? But Harry Potter, it's like everybody against, like, the goblins and people who are just trying to kill them. The irony there is, like, the goblins represent, like, disenfranchisement in the same way a lot of, like, groups in modern society are disenfranchised. I mean, there are a lot of parallels you could draw, but I I think at the end of the day, this game could be just taken for surface value fantasy that's more or less in the wholesome direction. I appreciate that you could take it either direction, honestly. I like that if you just want your nostalgia you can have it but if you want to look for those deeper like messages you can find those too oh yeah there are a lot of philosophical elements to this game absolutely right and uh, i like that i like games that can give something to anybody that pick them up absolutely i can't wait till we do our in-depth review and like both of us get through this game it's gonna take a while because i'm at 10 hours and only like 15 percent oh yeah i'm at like 20 hours. Uh, I am at a bit of a higher percent, but that's because I'm a collectible hunter and I know how to hunt I've those been try- things I've been trying to get all the stuffums. It's a lot of stuffums. It is a lot of stuffums. Um, I was really thinking that this game would compete with Donkey Kong 64 as far as like more collectibles. Yeah. I don't think it, it has near the amount of collectibles as DK64, but it's, it's hefty. So what's funny is in the introduction, I said we were going to talk about the Nintendo Direct first. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> we are talking about that. Uh, we could just talk about Hogwarts Legacy again. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. We could do like four episodes of this I, game. I, I like it so far. Okay. So we got the Hogwarts Legacy discussion out of the way. It was supposed to be just a simple what games are you playing, but I couldn't help myself. Oh, yeah. No, there was a lot to talk about, and I still want to talk about more, but we will get to that. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right, so let's move on to the Nintendo Direct. Now, here is how we're going to be talking about this, because usually we take all of the content that was in a Nintendo Direct and um, we put them into four categories. In fact, I just introduced a new category for shit that we super don't care about called milk. Milk. Because we usually do the spicy, the suit, you know, Diablo sauce. So I thought milk was funny. But is it that spicy milk? Oh, Jesus Christ. milk? Oh, (laughs) spicy. All right. Today we're going to do it a little bit different, and here's why. The Nintendo Direct came and passed. We didn't record last week because we just had uh, too much going on. So, but the good news is everything that 
was great about this direct is still buzzing around, and we still have a lot of opportunities to talk about that extreme hype. Oh, yeah. Well, there's still a lot of speculation going around, and I I do want to preface this. uh, I think it would be important to say what grade we gave the direct overall to start this conversation. I want you to go first. I am really bouncing here, but I want to give it an A. Like, it it Mm, did everything a direct needed to do, and they provided release dates for everything, and the things that shadow dropped the same time the direct happened were so cool like they were the best tidbits that ever happened during a live event i also gave the event an a awesome (laughs) i mean and this is this is not guns held to our head by zach (laughs) no that's that's the irony of all this is he he leaves right before the best direct that's happened since we started this podcast Here's the thing. I teetered on an A minus. Well, actually, I started off as a B plus. I said, okay, that's not fair. There was a lot to be really excited about. I moved it up to an A minus. And I couldn't justify that A at first because I felt like even though there was a ton of stuff that was like, you know, in the high hype and the extreme hype categories, there was also a good amount in the milk and the low hype. Oh, there was so much milk in this direct. (laughs) But then the more I thought about it, like right now, when the event happened like two weeks ago, I'm like, you know what? I don't even remember most of that stuff in Milk. And I know that's the point. But like all I'm left with is the fact that this direct gave us like 10 things to be extraordinarily excited about. Yeah, all you're left with is Nintendo excitement. And I'm like, I have to acknowledge the fact that Nintendo is giving this presentation not just for the American audience, but for all audiences. And unfortunately, some people like milk. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do <laughs> like that that spicy milk. I mean, and there was something in this direct for everyone. Like, we had yes. Splatoon news. We had Fire Emblem news. We had the news we'll get to. <laughs> news, yeah. And that, uh, if you remember my grading scale, too, it's like, what is the proportion of new stuff being introduced, new IPs, versus, like, DLC or adding on to old games or just remakes, remasters? These things matter. Oh, absolutely, they do, yeah. And in this, this is one of the best directs I've ever seen because it had a very even amount of all of these different things. It's like you said, it just it, it had something for everybody. Yeah, and I mean, there was a good amount of this direct, mostly towards the middle that I didn't care about. Like, they opened pretty strong. They came in about three quarters of the way with some cool news and right, then right, right. ended with the biggest hype. So you know what? Let's segue this bad boy because you said it started off pretty strong and I totally agree. What did they start off with? They started off with a new Pikmin game. Like, the first new Pikmin title that the Switch has seen. Because, obviously, Pikmin 3 was just a remaster and a report of the Wii U title. Mm -hmm. And so it... Now we have new Pikmin! And it's awesome! Like, we get to see the the series continue. Well, we got... We knew Pikmin 4 was coming, because I don't remember if it was the last director or the direct before. Do you remember the guy had the Pikmin shirt on and it was just the thing that said Pikmin 4? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They but did that's tease literally, it. But that was literally it. Yeah, yeah. They just teased it with that 4. This, we got gameplay. We, we got, got two new Pikmin. Yeah. The dog Pikmin. Did you see that? Yeah. And the so ice cute. Pikmin. Oh, the dog is so cute. That thing really reminds me of, I can't remember the dog's name, but in Yoshi's story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the thing that Yoshi always followed around. So, yeah, I mean, they opened up strong with Pikmin 4. And look, I'm not the biggest Pikmin fan, but uh, it's one of those cases where I have to acknowledge when I'm not in the majority because everybody else that I've talked to about this event, uh, they've got a lot of interest in Pikmin now for some reason. It's like, we never talked about this before. Since when are you a fucking Pikmin fan? (laughs) Right? And I mean, for me, it's just really cool because I remember Pikmin 1 coming out as a kid. And, like, there have not been spinoff Pikmin games. It has just been the main titles. And so to see it continue years later is really cool. I I totally agree. And it looks like they're introducing a lot of new stuff. That's what I think. Especially, did you see that weird... Is it a slug? 
I yeah. I, I don't think. know what the I, fuck that thing is. Everybody, it's really funny because everyone knows what I'm talking about <laughs> when I just say, "Is it that? Is it a slug? The polka dot pants slug?" <laughs> but his eyes turned all red at the. It wasn't a super long trailer. They gave us some new Pikmin, but at the end, like that thing's eyes turned red. So, oh yeah, Shadow Pikmin. <laughs> I I guess don't go outside at night. I don't know. I mean, I thought what, what was really cool was the uh, earthy landscape like it looked like you were in someone's backyard and i was like wow grounded aesthetic has really become popular recently (laughs) yeah i totally uh, i totally agree so in conclusion there i think it looks good it's just not my cup of tea but who knows this might get me into it and i'm gonna be honest with you i have a reason to hate all the more why it does is it smash related (laughs) yes all right Uh, i don't know if i've ever told this story on the podcast it's just never come up when Super Smash Bros. Brawl came out, it was the first. It, it was opening night, right? I went to a GameStop Smash event for the opening of this game. Nobody had played Brawl yet. Nobody had really even gotten like the full roster. Um, here were the rules of the tournament, though. Um, you have to play with uh, Nunchuck and the Nintendo Wii controller, <laughs> right? Um, and you don't get to select your character. It's randomly selected for you. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Guess who I fucking got? Olimar? You're damn right I got <laughs> now, You had no fucking idea how to use this guy. No. And I was playing against someone as, like, Link, and I'm like, how's that fucking fair? Link's been around forever. Even he, if you don't know the controls, we know his moveset. He gets this guy that was an OG Nintendo player, and I get this fucking bubble-headed alien. Like, what, I, I was like, what the fuck is this? Why am I throwing mini aliens at this guy? I'll take Snake over this. This is what bullshit. What is this game? <laughs> My God. You know what's funny, though? I actually made it. Two rounds with Olimar. Hey! I did. I uh, Yeah, first two rounds, and then I went down in the third, which was before the semifinals. Who'd you lose to? Oh, let's... I think it was a Falco. Okay, that makes sense. Or no, was Falco in Brawl? It was Fox or Falco. So you, you got selected with this character at the beginning of the tournament, and you had to run through the whole tournament with this character? Yep. Wow, fucking shout out to you for making it that far with fucking Olimar. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> like, no one who plays Olimar knows what they're doing. <laughs> it's really fucking funny, actually, because I remember, like, I just learning the moveset of this guy, and I was like, take this, motherfucker, and his just standard B move is taking up the Pikmin. You remember? Picking it off the yeah. ground and then nothing happens. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Looks I, like I need to reassess my yeah, tactics. Like, I was joking about what I said earlier about <laughs> taking this motherfucker, you know. You're a good guy. And then you threw the Pikmin at him and you were like, take this motherfucker. Yeah, and then it was actually the purple fat one. All I, I didn't know what was fucking happening, but I knew purple fat Pikmin do, do good damage. So I mean, yeah, I would just big. keep picking them until I had a team of the purples. And just... <laughs> big equal tank. Yeah. All right. I'm going to be honest, though. Of all the things in extreme hype, the thing I did not fucking think was going to happen was the shadow drop. For Metroid Prime Remastered. Yeah, while the event was going on, guess what? You could play remastered Metroid Prime on from the GameCube. And this is this exact remaster has been what Zach has been talking about since we started this podcast. Just like, another reason? <laughs> that was the tinfoil hat theory that he had was somewhere over the hill, Metroid Prime Remaster was coming. And then news yep. of, of new Metroid. There were so it was it was a triple heart attack, right? Because Metroid Prime Remastered, and I'm, you're like, oh, and then they're like, it's dropping today, oh, and then it's forty dollars. Yeah, un- oh. <laughs> under normal cost. Oh my god, Nintendo knows how to do remakes, right? Apparently. Okay, now to be fair, to be fair. They released the Metroid Prime Trilogy for the Wii U, which included this game and two other Metroid games at full price. So, uh, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> but nonetheless, I mean, it is a, first of all, it is a remastered, and the gameplay looks fucking gorgeous. It looks amazing. 
I don't know what else to say there. It just it, it looks stellar. It it gives hope for new Metroid is what it do. Exactly. And Nintendo knew damn well that they could have probably charged $60. Oh, they could have charged $80 for Metroid Prime Remaster and people still would have paid for it cuz like this Funny you mention is... that. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um you want to go on to the next one cuz I mean that one was really hype but I don't have too much about Metroid. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm really excited. I, I can't believe it actually happened. I can't believe it was shadow dropped. Yeah, out of nowhere. Shit, shit like that. Shit like Metroid Prime. Usually somebody leaks that and we hear rumors. Nothing. Silence. No, on I that. was so surprised. I couldn't believe it. And like, this is a big reason why I gave this direct an A was because such a hype and requested game from the fans just released while they were watching it. Yeah, it really was. It was crazy. Um, okay. Another part. Another part of the extreme hype. Uh, the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Course. Now, of course, we knew we were due for another part of the waves, right? Because uh, we're officially at the beginning of 2023, which means we're at wave 5 yeah. of 8. And, I mean, allegedly, we're supposed to get the last of these waves by December of this year. Right. Now, I don't know if we've ever discussed this. I'm not a huge fan of of these waves introducing new courses. I would much rather have them introduce the old courses, remixes of courses, right? Because that's what we wanted to see with these waves. Wholly agree. I mean... I don't know if that's just me. No, there and there are still so many courses. Like, I don't understand why they don't just slowly release every single uh, previous Mario Kart track to this game. Right. I mean, you totally could. Maybe there will be another, like, (laughs) two-year experience. Who knows? It could happen. I mean, why not? It just makes the game live longer. Yeah, I mean, it's a justification. Like, it's a $30 DLC, isn't it, to get, like, all the waves? Yeah, and I mean... So it makes it's still making money for a game that's been out forever. Yeah, and it's not like they're just copy and pasting these previous maps. Like they are giving them their own Mario Kart 8 jazz. Yeah. And keep doing that. Like we don't need new maps. Save those new maps for your next game. I agree. I agree. Now, yo, don't get me wrong cuz they're doing Yoshi's Island. That was the this uh, is the exception. They, yeah, they, that was the course that they introduced, and I'm like, okay, Yoshi's Island. For the music alone, this is the exception that to everything we just discussed. But if it weren't for this final part of the deal, I would not have put this in extreme hype, and that is, we got fucking Birdo coming. Okay, and I say about fucking time. Yes. Where was Birdo before? Birdo is available in Mario Golf. I agree that they're, like, Birdo makes sense. I would like to see Monty Mole. Monty I, Mole is my guy. Monty Mole would be a good one. Uh, Charging Chuck would be pretty funny. Yeah, that, I'd like Charging Chuck. Yeah. I mean, I, there are so many. I, I hope they keep introducing new characters because there are so many characters in the Mario universe that aren't in Mario Kart 8 that absolutely should be. Oh, I totally agree. But uh, anyway, introducing Birdo, I it's not even necessarily that it's I'm a huge Birdo fan. It's... Number one, this is the first time we've seen a new character introduced in the waves. And I don't know, like, it's cool that they're adding new content to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. It is an old-ass game at this point. It is. Like, it's... Was it almost a launch title for the Switch? Let me put it this way. It did not come out too far away from Grand Theft Auto V. Ooh. I mean, this game has a lot more longevity than... GTA. All right, you know what? I'm fact-checking this real quick. You you better. So Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. The Fact Checker. Okay, so the Deluxe version came out in 2017, but that's just the Deluxe version. Yeah, that's, that's Mario deluxe. Kart 8 on the Wii U, that's what we really need to figure out here. And from what I can tell, let's see. I didn't realize 2014. that. 2014 a- is when Mario Kart 8 came out. Damn, that's right online with GTA 5. Yeah. Holy so, shit. I didn't realize that this was a former Wii U title. Most people don't because it's on the Wii U. <laughs> the w- Valid. But, but I mean, like, this is the... When people think of Mario Kart, if they're not too old school and not thinking of 64 and Double Dash, this is the Mario Kart they think of. Let me tell you something. The only thing the Wii U ever did that was, like, better 
than the Switch or anything else was Super Mario Maker. Mm-hmm. That's literally it. Well, because that game was designed for that console. It really... That, ga- that game alone almost made me buy a Wii U. I was this close. I can see that. I can see that. But, I mean, yeah. Other than that, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, we'll see what they do. I'm guessing if they're introducing a new character in Wave 5, maybe we can see that in every wave from here on out. I don't know if that's ambitious. I mean, we are over the halfway hump, so let's hope that we keep seeing new characters. Mm-hmm. On to the next item. Obviously, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, we couldn't talk about this direct without talking about this game. So we got a sparkly new trailer. We got a collector's edition of the game. We've got a new amiibo and one other piece of information that we'll get to. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right, so first of all, uh, the trailer. There's a lot that I picked up on with the trailer. Number one... Like drives a tractor. Yeah, like drives a tractor. That's right. <laughs> So, uh, number one, I absolutely love the part where Zelda's like, hey, Link, I don't know if you're going to be able to do this. And right after, you just see Link, like, flying down to Earth, like, bitch, watch me. <laughs> Challenge Do you know who you're fucking dealing with? <laughs> I'll be able to do fucking anything. So, we got, like, a little bit more about, like, that weird black arm that Link's got, too. It almost seems like that's a replacement for the Sheikah Slate. It might be. Be. Like, I, you see, no, like, if you look closely in the trailer, like, you can see it, like, spawning bombs. You can see, like, the, cr- the ice things. Like, I think that's a replacement for the Sheikah Slate. Wow, this game just keeps providing more and more support with the tie-in to Twilight Princess. Like, this seems like it coincides with the Shadow Realm of Twilight Princess. It might? I mean... Because Breath of the Wild, I know the Zelda timeline doesn't actually mean shit. but Not like, anymore. <laughs> not really. But Breath of the Wild is like the first game now in the timeline, isn't it? Mm-mm. It's like the last because they have all of that advanced technology that they're recovering. I'm going to have to look into that. Oh. oh, yeah. And plus, like, the Temple of Time from Ocarina of Time is ruins in yeah, and Breath there, of the Wild. So there I'm going to have to look refer- into that. Yeah, there's absolutely references to... Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, like, by locations and enemies. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm i very excited for the new Zelda. The trailer alone got me extremely excited. It comes out two days before my birthday. Do it really? It do. May 12th is this release date. All right. So, what did you think of the Collector's Edition? I... How much was the Collector's Edition? Well, maybe we don't want to discuss prices right now, but... Depending on how much the collector's edition costs, I think it's worth it. Are you accounting for scalper prices? Oh God, no, no, no! I'm I'm looking at at just market. Yeah, because I was going to say. So first of all, the big issue is you're not going to be able to get this fucking thing because I mean you know how it fucking goes. We're living in scalper country, right? So it's like the mother, the fucking thing was available for like seven minutes on GameStop, Target, Walmart, whatever, before the bots got it, this, that, or the other thing got it. You know how it goes. Yeah, you can't get a collector's item without going through a middleman. Yeah, and it's honestly fucking irritating because, so the collector's edition, which comes with like the game and everything else. Okay, let me check this out real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why 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 don't you share with the listeners just what you get? with this collector's edition. Because it's a lot. I'm trying. They're not being very candid. Okay. So, the collector's edition is $130. Okay? $130. From Nintendo. From Nintendo. Okay. That's the retail price. You get a, like, special... First of all, you get an art book, which that's very popular to do right now as kind of, like, an incentive for the collector's edition. That's the default to any collector's edition. Yeah. You get a poster of Link, and he's kind of, like, standing... Because we've seen Link do a lot of things in the sky, so he's kind of, like, standing on a cliff, like, looking over at the land below, ready to just, you know, hope he can fly. Okay, uh, we could probably pick up this poster in a couple months from anywhere. They'll probably mass-produce the poster. More than likely. More than the collector's edition. So, you got the poster... You got the concept art book. You get four enamel pins, which aren't Ooh. you a pin guy? I, I I do frequent the occasional pin. 
And then finally, you also get um, a steel, like, uh, switch case. You know what I mean? Like, the game case, like, kind of one of the metal ones. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Heavy-duty protection for your Switch. Yeah, it, no, just for the game itself. Oh, just for the game. Okay, well, that that's fair, too. It's still cool, cartridges but... are really small. Yeah, I guess so. And physical cartridge. Yay. So, yeah, $130. The collector's edition, I think it's cool. Um, I would have loved to get it if the scalpers didn't already. Yeah, you know... 140 for the collector's edition, excluding all scalper activity. It seems a bit steep, but it's it's that borderline of worth it because this is Legend of Zelda. Oh, 100%. Le- when a Legend of Zelda game comes out, it's big news. You want to remember it. So, on top of the collector's edition, the other thing that got dropped is a new amiibo. Who is still fucking buying Amiibos? <laughs> uh, I mean, collectors, like, I'll buy an Amiibo just for how it looks. I own literally one Amiibo. So do I. What is yours? Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mine's but, a- like, you don't do anything with them. Anyway, what, what was Mine's yours? Mine's a Kirby. Kirby, And it okay. was because okay. Christine's favorite character is Kirby. Kirby doing anything special? Vanilla He's on Kirby? a star. Oh, he's, okay, he's okay. thing on a star. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, they'll add, like, little in-game bonuses, and sometimes they can be really cool, and sometimes they can be kind of dull. Well, yeah, and it's very specific to what amiibo you have and what game you're playing. Yeah, precisely, but overall, I mean, yeah, they're cool, but I don't know. I honestly think, I mean... Nintendo was really ambitious with the Amiibos, and they were really cool for the hypothetical in-game rewards that you got, but they just didn't provide enough support for it. They didn't provide enough support as far as games, as far as what you could do with them. Just fucking scrap the whole digital concept of the Amiibo and just make collective statues. You'll make just as much money. I mean, honestly, I, I and, and divert what less workforce towards what the fuck are we going to do with this tiny statue for what games? Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. So all of this, all of this, we're very excited about here at Game T, but yeah. there's one caveat to the excitement of Tears of the Kingdom. I'm, of course, referring to the fact that this is the first time ever that Nintendo is going to charge retail price of $70 for a Switch game. Moving into a new era, everybody. Now, there's two sides to this argument. Number one is, of course, that the Xbox and PlayStation, this is already what they're doing. They're Mm -hmm. charging $70 for their games. That is the new base price. Exactly. So Nintendo's just catching up, which, fair enough. The other side of that argument is, right, but the Switch doesn't have the hardware or the graphics or the textures that justifies that extra hike in price. So what exactly are we fucking paying that extra $10 for? Inflation. (sighs) You're 100% right. Like, for the quality and type of game you get on a Nintendo console, it by all rights, should probably cost less than most modern gaming. Yeah, I totally... I think the perfect price for a Switch game would be $50. Absolutely. For most Switch games, right? Because, yeah, when it comes to game developing, what they're spending most of that time doing after, like, of course, like, storyboarding and getting, like, character models and shit like that, it's just working on the fucking textures of the environment. Yep. Well, guess what? On the Nintendo Switch, that shit's not showing up anyway, so... It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, these games are going to look just like they do. Now, if you made the argument, oh, well, we're going to use it to treat our game devs better, like, fine, then keep the price yeah, at $60, keep... but y'all aren't doing that. Take my money, but... You... Yeah, but you guys aren't doing that, no. and you're taking my money. Yeah, so no one wins. Exactly. Except the people receiving our money. Oh, yeah, they... EA, they, I'm they, looking at you, EA. Yeah, looking at you, EA. But... It's unavoidable. Like, I'm I'm pretty pissed about it because we knew it was coming. Like you said, all the other consoles are charging $70 as the new base price. It just doesn't feel deserved with any Switch game, though, even if it is Legend of Zelda. I know, I know, but we're still going to pay for it. I paid $70 for Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. Where yep. one of the most be- genuinely a beautiful, gorgeous game. That will take you... 
an incountable amount of hours to complete. Right. And, like, you actually get something from multiple playthroughs. So, like, honest to God, you could sink, like, probably 150-ish hours into the game. Yeah, Hogwarts alone, as an example, is, like, four games built into (laughs) one because the story is different depending on which house you get. You play Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild, story's going to play out the exact same no matter what you fucking do. I mean, given you're still probably going to get 70 to 80 hours of playthrough. Oh, that's not discounting how much time you can probably sink into Tears of the Kingdom. Like, it is an open-world game, after all. Right. But is it worth it? Is it? Does it have the replay value? Does that extra $10 past what, we're normal, what we normally pay, is that all worth it? I just don't know, man. I, I mean, no matter how good this game is, I still think you're right. And I mean... Let's be real. When December rolls around at the end of 2023, we're going to be talking about Hogwarts and Legend of Zelda. Those are the two contenders for this year's game of the year. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, given it's only February. It is. That's crazy to think of, by the way, that we have this many announcements. We have one monumentous game released for all platforms recently. Well, except the Switch. They're getting it in May, though. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I I know it's it's just bananas. I don't know how to feel about it honestly. It I feel bad <sighs> for any game released other than Legend of Zelda and Hogwarts this year. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, that's absolutely true. It's a bad year. It's a bad year to release games. <laughs> it's a great year for gaming. Bad year for developers to release anything they're working yeah. on. Um, and that is really all I have to say about Legend of Zelda right now. I'm very excited. Uh, we have until May. To prepare ourselves. And what's funny is I've tried to get myself to play uh, Breath of the Wild to get myself hyped up. I just can't return to that game. You can't once you put the once you sink the hours. So many hours. I'm just like I can't. I I I just simply can't. And I mean, I God knows I would never start a new save after finding like 500 fucking Korok seeds. Yeah. Like I have tromped through that game. I'm ready. All right, there's one last thing in Extreme Hype that we need to talk about, and it's perfect because it's going to segue us into one other thing that you really wanted to talk about. Let's talk about the addition of the Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance to Nintendo's... I know it's not the virtual console. What are we calling it? We'll just go with virtual console. Quote-unquote virtual console. It's not how virtual console started, but that seems to be the most common vernacular for it. So what's really fucking funny is a week... Two weeks ago, the very last episode, we made a comment on Nintendo's inability to properly preserve their fucking games. It was The entire conversation was about physical games and game preservation. Now, this has nothing to do with physical games, but everything to do with game preservation. 100%. And then, as if they heard us talking shit, decided to drop the Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance. How fucking long have we been saying this? Game Boy and Game Boy Advance is what we have been shouting to the rooftops. It just makes for the most sense. Time. Yeah, it's so easy to do. Like those are portable games for a portable console. Right. So first of all, um, are you excited? Are you- I I am. This is it's very bittersweet because it's like awesome. We get to relive all this nostalgia, but there are a lot of caveats to it. And like. Okay. The initial release of Game Boy games was really cool because, like, we got Wario Land 3 for the first time ever in America. We got Mario Land and the Six Golden Coins, which is, like, one of my favorite Game Boy games. (laughs) My dentist had it when I was a kid, so there's some nostalgia built with that and a little bit of pain. Occasionally, I'll I'll hit a level and be like, ow, my tooth (laughs) hurts. Why does my tooth hurt? (laughs) (laughs) And it's great. Game Boy Advance, same story. We don't have as many games there, right. but we got Minish Cap. We got WarioWare Inc., which, oh my god, I, I had just forgotten about that game, and I fucking love it. <laughs> I could not tell you, it's really funny that they brought Minish Cap into the mix, actually, because I've been looking for a fucking way to play that game for a long time. Yeah, They didn't even have it on the 3DS eShop. Really? No, it, wow. they did not. Minish Cap, it, this is the first time... They've had a way to play Minish Cap since the fucking Game Boy SP. Yeah, and I mean, that's awesome. That's exactly what we were talking yes. about, game preservation. That's what we've been waiting for. We have been waiting for this. Finally. Okay, now, 
a couple of questions come to mind. So first of all, what do you think about the amount of games that was introduced on the Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance? I think it was serviceable for the announcement. Like, sure. We got a couple good handfuls of games. Is it going to satiate people for long? Absolutely not. I don't even know if it's already... People are already asking, like, what's next? Oh, yeah. No, I already tried all of the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games on my Switch. I had five minutes of fun with them. Yeah. And, I mean, that's kind of how I felt with the other Virtual Console stuff they've had so far, too. It's... And, I mean, I'm not going to try and pretend like I'm ultra excited for any of the... Like, I think it's really fucking cool to have all of these different gaming collections in one spot. But for me, it's like, it's more of a good reminder of how far we've come with gaming, because... Yeah, it's but, it's a hat tip. Besides Minish Cap, which I've almost completed, by the way, there's not a lot of games that I've been playing here where I'm like, oh, I'm going to play this all the way through to the end. Like, I'll get, like, 10 to 20 minutes in, and I'm like, huh, that was cool. Time to play something with much better graphics. Yeah, something more rewarding, something new. I totally get that. And, like, that's, I think, what should be the point of these virtual consoles. But now what I want to go into more here before we move into other topics in this avenue is game preservation. Okay. And how much we talked about how much it sucks to try to play an old game that you've never played before and you don't own. Because... Physical copies are becoming very far and in between nowadays. Yeah. And so if I want to pick up a copy of, like, Super Mario Brothers 3 for the Game Boy Advance, well, good good news for me, we can play that now. But before that, you'd have to go through game trading stores. You could maybe go on eBay and pay 100 bucks for it. Yeah. But it's, it's great how Nintendo is allowing Mm -hmm. But are they going to preserve everything? Because there are obscure copies of games out there. Um, trying to think of one, like a Rugrats game on a Game Boy. The, fir the first question we have to ask is, is it fair to expect them to preserve everything? I think it would be in the sense that... Maybe they should stop backing off on emulation and, like, repackaging of their own materials. Because there are, and I did a little research into this topic. Um, there was a YouTube video that I'll reference later. I, I will find that source in a minute. But what I wanted to talk about was there are companies out there that are preserving these old physical copies of games. There, it, There's a website out there called Limited Run Games... And oh, yeah, I know about a limited yeah, run. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want an old copy of Pokemon? They'll make it for you, and that's awesome. But, like, every day, these companies are on the risk of getting sued by Nintendo because Nintendo doesn't want to properly preserve their game library. And I am just hoping with their Game Boy announcement and the Game Boy Advance announcement that they plan on not sticking to what they did with the N64 emulator and just pumping content into this. Okay. People are going to stop pirating your games. It's going to make it a lot easier to play games that you really want to play, but live in a modern era. It... I mean... I, I, I have so many thoughts about just this topic of game preservation. Because the more I think about the, the OG... My original question, which was... Is it fair to expect them to preserve everything? The more I think, well, maybe it's not. And the reason why I think that is because, like, if they're already having trouble just preserving, like, 30 games from the N64 and several... Given, I haven't heard anything bad about the iterations of the Game Boy games they've introduced, but especially when we've admitted that, like, we're not here to, like, really play most of these games. It's more just for, like letting us sleep a little better at night because they're there. Yeah. Is it fair to allocate so many resources on Nintendo's part just for us to have that feeling? Well, and that kind of brings me to my next 
point is it doesn't appear that Nintendo is putting in too much work into these emulations and that they are just for all intents and purposes, just direct ports. Um, that YouTube channel that I was talking about earlier released a video that I watched today, uh, and that this video is from Video Game Storytime. And they discovered through talking with uh, data miners and emulators that the OG Pokemon games already work on the Switch. The multiplayer capabilities are already available. It is just a matter of dragging in a GIF and changing in its name. Or a JPEG and changing the name Mm. to fit the emulation. All of these moving parts work. So why not collect as many of your old titles? Because I think, let's be real, I think that the portable titles for Nintendo far outweighs how many titles they've made just on their physical consoles. Oh, 100%. I mean, if you took the library of the 3DS, which, uh, the DS, which obviously they don't have a way to do DS games yet, not until they take me up on my hashtag, <laughs> you know, pro-doc idea, which I think is fucking genius. And then you just duct tape another Switch to your Switch. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you take into account, like, the library of the Game Boys, all of the Game Boys... All of the DS lines, like, that's well over thousands of games. It is. It is. I mean, they really sold their licensing rights to a lot of people. And as such, you should have archived that. You should be able to pull that from a vault pretty much at a will's notice. But they didn't know that gaming was going to be in a spot where you could just... I mean... I don't know. Like, I don't know why I'm playing devil's advocate when I, for the most part, agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, hey... It's more me just thinking for the sake of thinking, because it's easy to shit on Nintendo in this situation, especially since, let's be honest, they deserve it with how shittily of a job they've done in porting some of these games over. I won't forgive them for what they did to Ocarina of Time. Oh, I'm still grumpled about Paper Mario. Yeah, I know. But... I, and don't get me wrong, I am thrilled to see the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. I have been having massive amounts of fun playing these virtual consoles again. It just makes me think, what more could Nintendo do with as much energy as they're already exerting? They have the money and the energy. I, They totally could. If they wanted to archive literally every single... And like Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy SP, they could do it. Well, because we don't have a release date, unlike for the N64, which really fell off the, the mainstream. Like, we have no idea what they're releasing for N64, if anything, anymore. And I just hope that the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance don't fall into that same cycle where we get 12 games that are really cool and hype, and we're waiting for the Pokemon games. We're waiting for the... I honestly can't think of anything other than Pokemon right now, but we never get it because it just slides by the wayside to Nintendo's next project. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy, I, I just don't. It's a, it's a good step in game preservation, but if they really want to solve the problem, more needs to be done. I'll tell you what. We'll see how they do on the GameCube. Yeah, we'll see. When they do GameCube... We'll see. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see. But how excited for you are the poss- How excited are you for the possibility of having Pokemon games on your Switch? Like classic red, blue. Oh, I'd be uh, I'd be ecstatic. There's no fucking doubt about that. If I like OGs, oh, but honestly, like Gen 3 would be what I'm excited to fucking see. Yeah, absolutely. And they could do it because how many main mainline Pokemon titles were on portable consoles before Switch? Oh, Jesus. All it of was them. all of them, wasn't all it? All of them except for Sword and Shield and Scarlet Violet. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I remember Sword and Shield. I was like, this is fucking crazy. I'm playing Pokemon on my television. Yeah. I've never been able to do that. Yeah, no, it really brought me back to the olden days of Pokemon Stadium. Uh, yeah. more, more thought needs to be given in this and more talking could be done on a future episode on this area. Let us know, listeners, if you want to expand, if you want us to expand on this topic. I've got one more small complaint. All right. 
at this fucking point, they should just make one app whenever you want to get into the quote-unquote virtual console. Absolutely. Having, like, six apps for the N64, the Sega, uh, fucking SNES, NES, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, that's not good anymore. No, because you got to go through all your software when you fi- want to find it. Just make one app. Yeah, put it all under one umbrella. One app, and then, like, on the left side, it's, like, different consoles, and then you go to the console, and then there's a line of the games, like... We've had this perfected for a while. Why can't Nintendo do this? Just get your organization in a line and get it going. Also, fix online. I know that's not the point of this, but I just want to bring it up. Fix it! Hey, the Game Boy Advance, I think, does have online capabilities. So, I mean, Uh, obviously with what we talked about with Pokemon, but like you can play Mario Kart Super Circuit. If they fucked that up, I would have... I'm not giving them credit for that. If they'd fucked that up, I would have been upset with them. <laughs> if you can't even do this, come on. <laughs> I mean, it, it. they went back to the simplest thing that they could put on their that's console. What, that's why I'm not giving them credit. Because I'm like, come on. Guys. Like, the Game Boy games, just the Game Boy, are still all just that grayish tan pixel. Your top three act like it. Yeah, right? Did you see what PlayStation just did with their game archiving? They did a good job. They did a good. Come on, Nintendo. They did a good job. Do a good. All right. I think, uh, did we get it all out of our system? I think we did. There are some things, more finer points we could examine later in the future, but we have done great for today. All right. So there's one last thing we need to talk about. And that is the next Game Tea event. Czar, take it away. What are we playing? What are we doing? When are we doing it? Hell yes. We are doing a new event real soon. It is in two weeks on March 4th at the Hale Varsity Club once again. Mm-hmm. But this time around, we're playing Mario Kart 8 in a little tournament I like to call Varsity Kart. I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, in this... It is, it is singles races. The winner of each race will be determined based on who has won more points at the end of four races. So a 1v1 style. Now let's go over some of the rules here. Uh, we will have class 150cc race. So okay. get ready for fast. Not too fast, yeah, That's though. pretty standard. Uh, the CPU will be on. Uh, no smart steering. We will not allow that. No oh. auto-accelerate. Who the fuck would use either of those features? It's like auto-aiming, you know? Only noobs. I feel like it gets in the way, but I, I, go on. We will allow for motion controls. Motion controls are, are an option. All courses, all vehicles, all characters. Now, here's what I am most excited about. We are only allowing green shells, mushrooms, and coins. No really? red shells, no bullet bills, no stars, no lightning, no goddamn blue shells. It is a true test of skill here. Yeah, I was going to say, I I like that. Okay. Yeah. The coins, the mushrooms. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's true test of skill. So if you want to test your metal and race some carts Mario style, get your buns to the Hale Varsity Club on March 4th. Uh, The registration will take place from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., and we'll go till about 5 p.m. We got uh, Game Tea Koozies for everyone Mm -hmm. who signs up. And the payouts will be determined by how many people show up. But 100% of the bracket fees go back to you, the players. When I was on the elevator up to the Herd Dad studio, one of the uh, gentlemen who attended the Smash event uh, passed me and was like, Hey, I'm going to Mario Kart. And then he dabbed yeah. and then went down the elevator. <laughs> oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I like that guy. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Austin, who has Austin, become like our it. biggest fan. And we are excited to see you at the, uh, I almost said Smash Bros. But no, we're playing Varsity Kart. We're doing Varsity Kart. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. I've got, I've, uh, fuck, I don't get to play. No, no, you got to MC. I mean, we we could maybe get Cam to MC, and you could maybe play. Uh, oh, I'm not going to get. I don't trust Cam. <laughs> I hope he hears this. <laughs> Cam, you listen to me. I will not forget how you fucked me in trivia. <laughs> I do not trust you to MC for me. Uh, I uh, do you remember? It, it oh, was I like, remember. I remember. It was like, what was the first Mario Kart? Well, who? When was Mario first introduced? Was the question, and I was like, I know you want to say Donkey Kong, but that's not technically <laughs> true. That's his grandfather. What game was the predecessor to Mario? And uh, he was like, well, this article says it was Mario, and I was like, was it from IGN? He was like, yeah, and I was like, uh huh, <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> okay, well, to be fair with IGN, go for the news, not the reviews. But uh, that that's. 
That's a two-sided coin. That could, that question could have gone both ways. I just think they're totally incompetent, to be honest with you. I'm. <laughs> well, tell IGN that. Do you remember? Do you I'll remember the cuphead? Do you remember the cuphead incident? Yeah. How can I forget that cuphead? For anybody that doesn't know the cuphead incident, a game reviewer who worked for IGN was trying to give a demonstration of how to play cuphead. He couldn't get past the tutorial. Not because there were enemies, there were no enemies, but because he couldn't figure out how to jump properly. <laughs> These are the people we trust reviewing our games. Not me! <laughs> Not me! But anywho, we will be having Varsity Card at the Hale Varsity Club. Check the link in the descri- description because you can sign up early. You mm-hmm. can see more details and get ready to race some carts. All right, one last thing to do, and that is to go over game releases and... A new console release. Ooh, a new console, you say? February 22nd, we have PlayStation VR 2. It's dropping. Ooh. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more once people actually play with it. Um, also on February 22nd, we've got Gran Turismo 7 for the PSVR 2. We have Horizon Call of the Mountain for PSVR 2. And uh, guess what? Just a bunch of PSVR 2 games. <laughs> On February 23rd, we have Blood Bowl 3. Oh, I'm so excited for that. You are? Yeah, that's that Warhammer football game. It's fantasy, fantasy football. Is the Commissar going to kill me? Probably. Fuck. Where's your primer? <laughs> oh, come on. I was just trying uh, to blitz, Coach. Come on, Coach. Coach, don't take me out. Put me in. <laughs> don't take me out. Uh, all right. Oh, look at this. February 24th, Octopath Traveler 2. Shout out to Peaches! Yep. And then finally, the expansion for Destiny 2 is coming out on the 28th. Alright. Hype up game. Come on. Uh. Uh. Destiny? No! <laughs> Alright, come on now. Octopath look, to spite Peaches? I. It's not just for spite, man. Octopath. Look, Octopath Traveler, the first Octopath Traveler, was genuinely a lot of fun. It was genuinely very beautiful. And if you're looking to get introduced to JRPGs, I highly recommend Octopath Traveler. And genuinely, why you have never touched Mass Effect? No, it was The Witcher. Was it The Witcher? I really thought that was... No, 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 oh, you know what? It was Mass Effect. You're right. It was Mass Effect. Because we couldn't we couldn't make a decision, so we defaulted to what we didn't want. Yeah, and that's how Octopath Traveler became this podcast's most hated game. Yeah, basically. Octopath Traveler 2 looks like it's going to offer the same kind of adventure that Octopath Traveler did. Just beautiful pixelated art. Literally, I can't believe how beautiful they made pixelated art. Octopath Traveler is gorgeous. And... I think what makes the game kind of like... I'm I'm trying to figure out what I want to say here. If you have any doubts about Octopath Traveler, what I would say is it's the fact that the eight branching stories in the first game don't seem to connect very well. I've heard that that issue is getting fixed in Octopath Traveler 2, which means you've just got one hell of a game. So genuinely, give it a try. Look at the trailer. I know I shit on JRPGs. I know it. Just... You Take hear that, Peaches? Give it a try. Just try it. You might like it. <laughs> and also, don't play Mass Effect. <laughs> don't, don't play Mass Effect. All right. What do you say, man? Is it time to get out of here? I think that does it for this week of the Game Tea. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us on another episode of the Game Tea Podcast, and we will see you all next week. Is that usually what I say? You just got your Game Tea. God, I'm fucking tired. Probably. Bye. A Huda Media Production.